the Women Unleashed podcast. Join us as we share with you the confronting, fun, wild, fucked up, epic and raw side of being a woman in today's world. Come along on our journey as we dive deeply into what makes us tick and how we create our lives. Nothing is off limits. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Women Unleashed podcast. I am your host Taylor and we have Britt here as well and today we are going to be sharing with you all about the home buying process. Um, As you may be aware I am a mortgage broker here in Brisbane and Britt's going to ask me some questions today about what it's like to buy a first home, refinancing, all those bits and pieces um, and how that process works. Fantastic. This is a Something I've never really asked you about, Taylor. I've just always known that you're a mortgage broker. Yeah. Yeah, so. well, sometimes you don't need to, I guess, until you're ready. Yeah, you yeah, know. this is true. Um, but I have a lot of questions as well, so I think I'm going to learn a lot, and our listeners will too. Awesome. Um, and just for everyone's awareness, this is the first little episode in a mini-series that we're doing about mortgages and housing and things like that, um, yeah. which is Taylor's area of expertise. Yes. And also just to, I guess, be compliant, this is general advice. So, um, you know, if you want more advice specific to your situation, you would need to talk to a professional as well. Uh, and sometimes you may need to also speak to a financial planner and accountant as well to make sure that you're doing the, uh, the right, pro- choosing the right product and having um, the best Home loan, best advice for you as well. Fantastic. Tick that box. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, at what point, say I want to buy a house, Mm -hmm. at what point do I need to come and see you, Taylor? And what do I need to have done before that? Yeah. So I guess it really depends on the broker you go to, but generally for my process, I don't mind speaking to people a little bit earlier than when they are ready. Um, I think there is a bit of a lack of financial literacy out there and people don't really know what they need to do to buy a home. So I think coming to a broker a little bit ahead of the game, you know, a little bit ahead of when you are ready um, to have a chat about what you need to do to make sure that you can buy a home is um, important. So, you know, checking credit file and how much savings you need and things like that would be something we would do. Mm-hmm. So I think once you make a decision to buy a home and that's a goal you really have, I think then is a, even then is a good time to have a chat yep. with a broker um, or maybe when you've got a little bit of savings up your sleeve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't need to be ready straight away. It can be something that, you know, we kind of work towards to get you ready. Oh, cool. So it can basically be like, look, I've decided I want to buy a house. Um, I come and see you and we have a chat about, okay, what is like my financial situation mm-hmm. um, and perhaps even put some smaller goals in place around yeah. what you need, I would need to achieve to um, be actually ready to come back to you um, and, and then buy a house. Exactly. That's exactly what oh. I would suggest. So yeah, just so you have a awareness of what it looks like to buy a home um, before you you know you start doing things that maybe some some of those things may not be working well for you. 
Yeah, okay. Very cool. All right, good to know. Um, now, why would uh, somebody come to a mortgage broker? Good question. <laughs> so as a, as a mortgage broker, it, we actually have access to, I think, over 40, nearly 50 lenders on our panel. Um, so what that means is basically, depending on your situation, I can go to any one of those lenders um, that would be the most suitable and we can apply for finance for you. So what what the reason why having that choice is good is one thing is interest rates. So sometimes there are better interest rates than what you may see if you walked into a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the bigger banks don't always offer the best rate that those mm-hmm. smaller banks might, which mm-hmm. generally in some cases you can only access through a broker. Okay. So um, some smaller banks only come through or mm. offer um, loans through a broker. Yeah, basically through oh, wow. third party. In yeah, I didn't cases. know that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, not all of them, but that's where they get their majority of their business. So Wow. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, the other thing is your situation. So sometimes depending on what your life looks like or um, what your, well, your financial life <laughs> looks like. So. Which is your life. Yes. Because um, <laughs> generally the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yes. Yep. Yes, very true. So when we look at your finance situation, sometimes it doesn't fit a mainstream lender. Um, you know, you've got people who are self-employed that might need to do a low doc option. So that's where you don't show tax returns. You might need to show BAS or an accountant's letter. Um, you've got people that need to borrow up to nearly 99%. Not all lenders do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you've been on maternity leave or, you know, like there's so many things going on. Or maybe you've got a business and you work PAYG or maybe you've got a couple of jobs, things like that. So mm-hmm. not all lenders will lend to that situation. Mm-hmm. And if you walk into a bank and they go, we don't lend to you, like what do you, you know, you're kind of stuck, right? Yeah, you could get stopped like and be dis- disheartened mm. by, yeah, by what? By yeah. in buying a home, right? Yeah, and then, or you could believe that you can't buy a home. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. They could tell you no, and then you're like, well, yeah. If I can't get it here, I can't get it anywhere, which is not always the case. Mm. Um, or you know, if you've got bad credit too, mm. if you've had defaults, bankruptcies, all that stuff, we can still find solutions. Mm. So that's why I think coming to a broker is amazing, is because we do have those options to fit into what you've got going on mm. at the time. Um, Guidance, education, I love to educate my clients and guide them through the process, you know, hold their hand um, as it can be really daunting and scary, especially if it's your first time. Um, So that education piece and obviously we assist you with all the paperwork and everything run through it all with you and go through all that. It can be be a lot of paperwork sometimes. Um, Mm. So, you know, we're there for you the whole way through, even after settlement to support you on your loan and give you advice and assistance so yeah wow hmm. oh, that's really <laughs> cool that's really cool yeah because um like I'm someone that's considering you know wanting to you know have an investment mm-hmm. and um really exploring that area um and of course like I want to learn I want to know well based on my situation like how do I get like the most out of this investment and yeah. the way I structure my loan mm-hmm. um, is crucial to that. 
Yes, yeah. So the way, especially your first one or your first couple, if you don't structure them correctly, by the time you want to buy, say, me your fifth or the sixth, you, you struggle because mm. you haven't structured the first few correctly. Right. Um, I mean, you can always look at reworking them and things like that, but it may may not. Mm. You've also got to buy well yes. too, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not a real estate agent or anything like that, but... I think sometimes people miss that when you actually buy, that's when you're making your money. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, you yeah, want to look yeah. at if you're going to get some capital growth, so mm-hmm. the equity, mm-hmm. so you're going to be able to grow the value of the home yeah. as well. Um, and obviously the rent you receive, is that going to be positively geared? So is that going to pay itself, the mm-hmm. rent? Is the rent going to pay all the costs and mortgage yeah or is it going to be negatively geared which means that it's not actually paying itself for itself yeah you've got to put your own cash into it yeah um this is a bit of a like a tangent but uh on saturday david (laughs) and i went to look at a place down the road and i only saw it was for sale because i drove past it yeah nice and um we went in and had a look and uh asked them how much they were looking to sell it for and it was currently rented and we did the numbers and we would have been like, you know, three grand in the hole, like every month on this place. Like mm. I just, for, based on what that they were asking yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 And then the repayments, I just, I couldn't believe it. Mm. I was, I was blown Mind away. Blown. Yeah. <laughs> they could, they could be expecting an owner occupier though to own it, which means, yeah, well, possibly. you're still probably yeah. in the hole, but yeah. <laughs> you look there, right? Um, uh, but I think that's why it's really important to yeah. do the numbers on these oh, things before 100%. you get like swept up emotionally. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I, as well. yeah, investing's not about emotions. Investing's about numbers yes. and making money. When yeah. it's your own home, that's when the emotions come in. So it can be a little bit harder to see past that and see, hey, is this actually a good investment in the end? Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, do your do your numbers and speak to your broker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, yep. get financial planners and accountants involved there too, mm. Um, mm. to make sure it all it's all working for you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And what I heard in that also was like, be upfront with your broker about what it is like your long term plan is too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like I just said, it you know I want to have more investments down the track. So how do we need to set up this one? And yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, being upfront and open and, you know, I guess if your broker does a good job, you'd like to think you'd use them for all of the yeah. properties, you know. <laughs> so you, you, you've got a lifelong relationship with that broker. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so um, uh, the, other, the only other alternative I know of is going direct to a bank. Um, are there any other alternatives to going through a mortgage broker or going directly to a bank? No, okay. they're probably the two that I would say. I mean, they've got online lenders now as well, yep. but that's going really directly to a bank to as a well. Bank. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you kind of, that's kind of your two. The broker may look like being in a different role in the way that they're working. They might be part of like a property group or something like that, but generally it's all okay. kind of the yeah. same in the sense of like the title yes yeah. you would say so yeah mostly through your your bank and that could be through many avenues mm-hmm. um and then through brokers as well okay cool awesome all right good to know now uh 
over to you, Taylor. When somebody comes to you, they're ready. Mm-hmm. They're like I've, yeah, they're ready to buy, but they haven't made an offer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably that, yeah, like that you want them to come to you when they're ready to buy, but they haven't found the place. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. They've got fine. the deposit. Yeah. Okay, then what do you do when they come to you? Yeah. What's so your process. Uh, you can also come t- like a little bit earlier if you want to talk about savings, like we talked about at the front. But let's yep. just say from now that you're ready to go. So you've got your savings, minimum deposit required, um, you're working, all those things that kind of need to <laughs> happen. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, what I would do is get some information from my clients. So um, get some pay slips, bank statements, uh, run a credit report, um, check the savings check the income liabilities as well to see what kind of debt you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would run a really thorough borrowing capacity. So what that means is checking how much you can afford based Mm -hmm. on all that information. Mm -hmm. So based on your income minus your liabilities and what savings you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we work that out and you're happy with that, because sometimes people go, oh, actually I want to buy for more. So then we need to look at, okay, what do you need to do to buy for more? Mm-hmm. Um, well, sometimes that's exactly what people want, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got their credit report looks good. So what I will then do is pick lenders based on their situation. Mm-hmm. So if, the, if it's a very, I guess, straightforward deal, you know, you can probably focus more on rates and things like that and get the best rate you can. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of maybe, you know, you've got some bad credit, you need to borrow up to the max amount. There's not all lenders will do that. So sometimes it's not always about what the rate is, but what we can actually do for you based on your situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come to me with bad credit and we go, okay, maybe, you know, if you wait another six months, th- it'll be clear mm-hmm. and then you're in a totally different position. Yeah. So that's the kind of things we'll work through is like is right now buying a home the best idea based on your situation mm-hmm. or do we need to maybe clean up a couple of things or save a little bit more to really get you what you want. Um, but let's say you're happy. Good, <laughs> Good to you're go. ready to go. We've got some amazing lenders. We then I will make a recommendation as to what lender I believe is the most suitable best option for you um, and then we would apply to the bank. Now, when it comes to pre-approvals, sometimes sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not always worth the paper that they're on. Mm. Um, pre-approvals last generally between three to six months. Most lenders only do three months. Okay. So that means if you apply and you don't find a home, you have a credit hit on your file. So it shows up on your credit file and it actually impacts your file. So, if- Okay. So you, um, you once you've recommended the banks that you mm-hmm. go through then you choose one and then you apply to that bank for credit pre-approval mm-hmm. and that could last for three months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you don't buy a home during that three months it shows up on your credit file mm-hmm. as that you've gone for mm-hmm. a pre-approval mm-hmm. okay yeah we've just gone to the bank gone to the loan. bank for a loan yeah and you know you can discuss that like if you go if you have to reapply mm. and that bank goes hey what was that for mm. you know you obviously didn't proceed that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But obviously you don't want to do five different pre-approvals because it's taken you 18 months to find a house or something like that, you know? Oh, okay. Because um, I'm just thinking, well, like, if you don't buy a house because you haven't found the right one, mm. um, like, yeah, why is it such a bad thing that you have had 
multiple mm. like approvals. Well, it can impact your credit score. So yeah. if you've got multiple inquiries on your applica- on your credit file, it impacts mm. your credit score. Mm. And if you've got a low credit score, some lenders won't lend to you. Mm. You know, so it just creates like this snowball effect. Yeah. Um, one or two is not going to yeah. kill you. But yeah. um, the less, the better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I don't always do pre-approvals. Mm-hmm. I do a really thorough like checkup check like pre-assessment mm-hmm. um and generally you know that's pretty comfortable to go and start putting in offers mm. so when what that would look like then is you would find you would find a house after we do this pre-assessment so i'd go yep you can borrow for say seven hundred thousand purchase you've got it all works mm-hmm. go and find a house you find a house and then you put an offer in subject to finance and building and pest and when you do that i'd then order evaluation and then get your application in and get it approved. And mm-hmm. it'll be fully approved then mm-hmm. just because you've already got the house. Mm-hmm. So when you're pre-approved, it means you're approved subject to finding a property. Yep. Yep. Um, and maybe subject to other couple of things depending on what the lender thinks about your application. Okay. But sometimes pre-approvals aren't fully assessed as well. Okay. So that might just mean it goes through the system and they're like, oh, yeah, based on roughly – it looks all good. Mm. So if you're not getting a fully assessed pre-approval, it means not much at all. Right. Okay. Which is why you sort of go down that route of doing a thorough like assessment mm. to say, look, you can borrow up to X. Yeah. And then you just go, once they found the house, you just go straight for yes. the real deal. Yeah, correct. And obviously, <laughs> big point here, make sure the <laughs> contract is subject to finance and subject to building and pest. Yes. Because you... <laughs> Yeah, it's not... Very crucial. Yeah, big point. And I would also get a solicitor involved there and make sure they read through the contract and double check that, you know, there's nothing in there that's could really be impactful to you mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so once we get your loan approved, um, basically you'll get some loan contracts from the bank. So you'll need to sign them in Queensland. You need to have a JP witness them, mm-hmm. um, send them back to the bank and then get ready for settlement. Right, so they sign the contract, mm-hmm. or they put the offer in. Yep. Then they sign the contract. Mm-hmm. Or offer is accepted. They sign the contract. They then go, "Hey Taylor, time's a ticking." Yep. <laughs> like, yep. You got to do your thing. Yes. Okay, and that's when you start. Mm-hmm. Okay, and generally, so this is why finance terms are so important. Yes. Like, um, you probably want to have a conversation with your broker about look, like, if. Uh, the seller wanted to negotiate the finance terms, what can you work with? Mm. So generally I would say 14 days minimum because mm-hmm. um, you've got to remember that includes weekends. Mm. So, so that's five uh, – sorry, 10 business days. Yes. Which is like nothing in no. the grand scheme of so, things. So, you yeah. know, 21 would be preferable. <laughs> yeah, which is still um, three weeks. But right? I've had clients sign seven days as well. So, you know – Basically, they need to have a conversation with you yeah, about that before agreeing to it. Um, the it, the environment at the moment is really hard to get long finance dates. Um, okay. I think it's easing up a little bit, but um, it was really hard. Like people were having to sign unconditional contracts and things like that. Wow. So, you know, the longer the better, but also have a chat with your broker. 
because mm. the bank you're going to may only take two days. Mm. So it may not be that hard. But if you've okay. got a bank that's going to take 10 days to review your file, so that means yeah. you submit it and it sits in the queue for 10 days before anybody picks it up. Wow. So on okay. the 10th day, someone will look at it and go, yes, it's good or we need more information, whatever. And then it goes back in the queue once <laughs> you submit that app and then you got to wait another 10 days. Wow. Or, you okay. know, whatever it is at the time. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really important to make sure you check with your broker or the finance person um, what sort of timeframes would be suitable. Yep, for finance terms on your contract. And that has to be done before you make the offer <laughs> and before yeah. you sign the contract. Yes, yes. Or if, you know, that agent and the seller are playing hardball mm. and you need shorter timeframes, then discuss that too. Yeah. Um, and see what you can work out because you are a team. Yes. <laughs> you yep. know, in the process. Mm. And on that point, like you are a team, uh, do you prefer your clients to just say, just to give you a ring? Like when they, like they're in the moment, they say, yeah. hey, like so and so's just done this, you and you want to know, can you do it? Mm-hmm. Do you just prefer them just to call you? Like it doesn't matter, kind of. I mean, obviously don't call you at midnight or like 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, no, I do weekend calls and night calls and things like that because sometimes those things like you need to They happen out of hours, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and especially like if you go to an auction or something. I think Mm. that's a whole other kettle of fish. But things like that do come up. So Mm. And people generally don't work on the weekends, so they have time to do those things. So, yeah, have a chat with your broker. Make a time and, you know, if they need just to call them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just have a chat. Great. Yeah, super cool. All righties. Well, gosh, this has been very informative. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to add about your process, like after you do the finance bit? Um, so I guess like after you settle, so that means you move mm. into your home, you yeah. own the home, your home loan starts. Mm. Um, I like to let my clients know what that home loan is going to look like, so what your payments, when they will start, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. your broker is like your lifelong finance person. Mm. So just because you settle doesn't mean you won't hear from them again. So mm. I have a lot of touch points with my clients, especially, you know, a year, two years after their home loan settled mm-hmm. um, to have a look at, you know, maybe doing a home loan review, seeing if we can get you a better rate. Okay. Or seeing, you know, what's next cool. as well. So, um, yeah, don't feel like once you move in, like that's you don't need to speak to your broker again. Like mm-hmm. we will be in touch to make sure that your home loan's working for you, at, you mm-hmm. know, as life continues. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah, really but that's, cool. that's it for this one, I that's think. That's about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Taylor. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we hope that you have a lot of fun sharing what you learnt uh, from today's episode. And we'll be back shortly with another one, continuing our little mini-series. <laughs> um, look, our goal is to be the number one women's empowerment podcast in Australia. So if you do get value out of our podcast, please review, share, like follow on insta um (laughs) and yeah we'll we'll talk to you next week bye